Welcome to SheEO.World, a podcast about redesigning the world. This is a special episode recorded live at the first ever SheEO Global Summit, hosted in Toronto, Canada on March 9th and 10th, 2020. The SheEO Global Summit was a two-day conference that gathered hundreds of people in support of the theme, Reorganize.World. What does this mean? Well, as the founder of SheEO, Vicky Saunders says, everything is broken. What a great time to be alive. Collectively, we have everything we need to make positive change. We took action together at Global Summit and started working on the world's to-do list in a variety of sessions. Over the two-day conference, guests participated in keynote presentations, wisdom sessions, and get-to-action workshops, all centered around what we can do to reorganize our resources, systems, and structures to create a better world, with CEO Ventures and Activators leading the way. This session is called Getting at the Root Causes, Using Business to Transform Systems, and features a diverse panel of powerful voices. Recorded live on the Wisdom Room stage, this panel discussion was moderated by Tatiana Fraser, the co-founder of The System Sanctuary, a global peer learning platform for systems leadership. Our panelists include Tira Fraser, the CEO of Esqueo Air, Raven Institute, and the chair of the Indigenous Lift Collective. Tira's entrepreneurial spirit takes her into a new arena as the first Indigenous woman to launch an airline in Canada. Hannah Cree, the co-founder and co-CEO of Common Good, an award-winning social impact business. Hannah is also a leading Alberta advocate for compassionate business innovation and education with ATB Financial. And B, the founder of The Alinker, a non-motorized walking bike without pedals. The Alinker is a CEO venture and vehicle for change. B is a paradigm shifter and reverse design is B's life practice. Now, please enjoy this dynamic conversation and wisdom session, getting at the root causes, using business to transform systems. Please welcome to the stage our host, Tatiana Fraser. Hi everyone, welcome. Sorry, we're, we are um, a few minutes late, but we are really excited to dive into this conversation. So my name is Tatiana Fraser. I go by she, her pronouns. I'm the co-founder of the System Sanctuary, which is a global peer learning platform for systems leaders. This is my first summit. I'm so excited to be here. The energy is so inspiring. Um, and I'm a partner. I'm, I'm in because I'm a social innovator, I'm an entrepreneur, and I love the creative energy that is buzzing around here and the potential for creating change through entrepreneurship. So welcome to the Wisdom Stage, where we are featuring panel discussions with Q&A. We'll have about a 20-minute conversation with our panelists, moderated by myself, followed by a Q&A with you our audience, during which we'll have volunteers in the audience with microphones who will help us. So the wisdom discussion is called Getting at the Root Causes, Using Business to Transform Systems, part of systems.worldtrack, 
and will feature a diverse panel of powerful female voices. So I'm very thrilled to invite to the stage, first, Tara Fraser. She's CEO of Iskue Air. She's CEO of the Raven Institute and chair of Indigenous Lift Collective. Tara's entrepreneurial spirit takes her into a new arena as the first Indigenous woman to launch an airline in Canada. How amazing is that? Our second panelist, Hannah Cree, is the co-founder and CEO of Common Good, an award-winning social impact business. She is also a leading Alberta advocate for compassionate business innovation and education with ATB Financial. And our final panelist is B, the co-founder and CEO venture of the A-Linker Vehicle for Change. A paradigm shifter, reverse design is B's life practice. Let's welcome to the stage Tara Fraser, Hannah Cree, and B. Um, just, just to get started, we're talking about systems change, and just, just to set a little bit of context. When we're, when we're changing systems, we are altering the status quo by shifting functions and structures. And we can be working to do system change um, from many places in the system. So we can be innovating new ideas, uh, we can be doing things differently, and here we're working outside of the system, disrupting the status quo and working to build momentum and alignment to kind of influence incumbent systems or unhealthy systems. But we can also be working to do systems change within existing systems, working to decenter power, shifting resources, working to change the rules and procedures and policies and integrate new practices. And systems change is also about culture shifting so we can be working at the level of influencing attitudes and beliefs and mindsets and values. Often these are the artists working to kind of shape narrative, influence stories, working with the media. So just to contextualize, what are we talking about when we're, when we're doing systems change? So we also know that systems change is a marathon, not a sprint. It's hard, hard work. Uh, and we don't always have the answers. And that's why it's so important to gather together and to gather the learning and share the learning uh, with people who are in the doing of the systems change work, in the messiness of it and in the hard parts. So today we're going to get to deep dive with our panelists. I'm going to take us deep quickly, hopefully, uh, so we can hear some of the power, powerful learnings that you've gathered along the way with, as systems leaders. So the first kind of question to get us started. So systems change uh, requires courage and a willingness to stand up and to be a disruptor, to be disruptive. In innovation speak, we really value disruption. It's celebrated. Disruption is like innovation, right? Yet for many women and many people, this can also be a costly choice. Sometimes it's not a choice to be a disruptor. Just by being, we are disruptive. But it's also costly. Speaking it out can be met with disapproval, even punishment sometimes. And excuse me, we risk um, 
we risk our security, kind of our secured status. In some cases, it can actually put our bodies on the line. So, you know, this is important to acknowledge. So, just to get us started, can you talk to us about where your source of courage comes from to be a disruptor, if you relate and identify with that, and what risks you've taken in your work as systems changing people, and maybe what called you to, to this? What, what was the calling that brought you to um, your, your idea, your innovation, your disruption? Justice is the answer to the first question um, that drives me to do what I do. Systems are not designed for the well-being of people. So um, that's always the problem also that I have with the word systems change, as if systems want to be changed. Systems are super effective. They're just not designed for our well-being. Um, so justice drives me. Um, that also gives me the courage, if that's a, I don't know, I just can't help myself, you have to do that. I don't think that's courage. It's just, I can't not do that. And what was the last question? Or you can, you can pass yeah, that on to me. Um, <laughs> so the question is, um, what's your source of courage and what's your, what was your calling to do this? And Hannah, maybe do you want to go next? When I was 16, I was uh, downtown Vancouver skipping school with signs and uh, protesting against, it would be the Gulf War back then, 90s. And my grandmother said to me, like, what are you doing? Um, and, and she was talking to me about systems, saying, you know, you really need to work within the systems to understand them, and then maybe you can change something within it. And then I got to CEO, and like, Vicky was like, fuck that. Uh, <laughs> And, and so it was really great because it was one of those moments where, for me, it is injustices that gets me up. Like when I see that someone's mistreated or, or things are not going well, I'm like, okay, we got to change this, we got to change this. And so I've always had this piece where I can look at systems, but then figure out, okay, how do we go out from that? And it's just, yeah, this is, this is how the world is set up. And I think since a kid, I was just like, why? Why can it not be different? It can. It can be different. Um, I have no idea whether I'll answer any of your questions or, or not. But I've got some words that are coming, so we'll see. Hopefully they align in some magical stretch. Uh, the <laughs> are we having fun yet? <laughs> uh, so change first... Uh, came to me as this, hmm, this is pretty important, was learning about the concept of the edge walker. And isn't it great when all of a sudden you, you get language for something that helps you make total sense out of something. You're like, oh, that's that thing I don't know how to make words for. Now I have a word, that's great. And then we change the word later on because we decide we don't like it, et cetera. But uh, this idea of the edge walker, you know, being the disruptor of the, the system. But the connection I want to make about that now, that's um, Margaret Wheatley's work around the edge, the edge walker is, is seeking to disrupt the system, often invited into the system to do the disrupting. Um, and then usually what happens is the disruptor either gets ejected or self-selects out. But what's fascinating to me about what she talked about is how the edge walkers need to fuel and in order to fuel, they need to, like any organic system, they must make touch with one another, right? Like, and that's what we're doing here now, right, is we're refueling. We're making touch with one another so that we have enough 
fuel to make the changes that, that need to happen. So that's one thing I had to say. I don't know. There was a bunch more in there. But we'll get there. I, think, I think we will get there. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's great. Thank you. Um, and that does actually kind of lead us to kind of where I, the second question. I planned it like that. Yeah. So in our work with systems leaders, uh, we know that when you're in the thick of it, when you're in deep in your work, it can be overwhelming. And many people can feel isolated and alone in their work. It can be filled with vulnerability. And we don't have all the answers. We can live through moments of uncertainty. Uh, many people that, that we work with find themselves on the verge of burnout, like hitting that wall and that edge, um, and just highly stressed. So my question here is, what keeps you going and gets you through? What keeps you fueled? I think coming together like this is, is one really key thing. But what keeps you going? And what can you share about your personal journey of like per persistence and commitment and drive? So in my work, we work with people who are homeless and, po and poverty and addiction. And everyone believes that there's a stigma that people have just made bad choices in their life. And this is why they've ended up on the streets. And what we've discovered is that it's trauma, it is sexual abuse, it's emotional abuse, and it's repeated in all through childhood. And the research says that the opposite to addiction is not sobriety. The opposite to addiction is connection. It's community. And so in my systems change work over the last three and a half years, we thought we were coming in and we're like, we're going to help and get their ID back and get a bank account and give them a job through common good and housing and we did it, and we're still not seeing the success because we are not addressing the trauma and ensuring that they're connected in the community and doing all of these pieces because trauma is just isolation. And so for me, the last year, I've never cried so much until I got to CEO. It's like just nuts. And I spent, this last year was the hardest year in our business. We're year three, and, and it's been the hardest piece. And what has kept me going is a, no joke was the CEO community and the other women that I know that are doing deep systems change work. And, and so there's a point at which it's like, what's the other option? Either live in this system or I don't. And so for me, it's just been, if I believe that, that the opposite is connection, then I actually have to double down in my own world and get those people to support me for when, because you will go down, it's hell. So, connection. Systems are traumatizing for people who um, try to survive because the systems are not designed for our well-being. Um, that is where you get traumatized. So where I can continue to go is to focus on the stuff that I can do in connection with the people that I do work uh, with. And um, I always think of the linker as a vehicle for social change. It's not about the bike itself. Yes, that has benefits, and yes, people can... Um, come to a CEO event who um, could not otherwise travel um, and have her full independence and agency uh, while being here. Um, but So yes, that's true. And the linker is a vehicle for change because if, if there's one thing that I've discovered over time is that isolation is a way bigger problem 
than, um, than any kind of symptom for a disease. And that isolation comes back in, whether you work with homeless people, whether you work with indigenous people, or try to do an airliner, um, try to work with people with mobility challenges. Um, it is all the same. People get effed over by the system because it was never designed for us. So we need to be in connection and be in networks like this where it is literally life-saving. If I try to get money to survive, I will ram into the walls of the current system. I get traumatized, lonely, isolated, depressed, and all the rest of it. Been there, done that. Since I met CEO and I was part of, of, of this community, all of a sudden there's women that are like, listen, we want you to succeed. What do you need? We believe in you. Changes everything. Everything. And it really doesn't matter what your business is. It's just a vehicle to talk about exactly the same thing. How can we be in connection with each other? And how can we be? Who do you want to be in this world? And then being congruent. Right? Uh, the idea that um, love, I never usually go on stage without a love button. I'm actually feeling a little bit naked without my, my big love button. Oh, yeah. You know, thinking about um, social, economic, and ecolog e ecological justice is simply love applied to systems. Social, economic, and ecological justice is simply love applied to systems. We're saying the same thing in just a little bit of a different way, and I really appreciate that a lot. Love is a big thing for me. And so now I'll answer one of your earlier questions, right? Like, how do you even, how do you do it? What calls you? What moves you? Um, I'm studying right now my PhD, and I'm exploring um, how are Indigenous change makers remembering, reclaiming, practicing, and integrating warriorship. I define warriorship as standing fiercely with deep love for what matters. That's how we're going to change systems. We're going to stand fiercely with deep love for what matters. And part of um, what matters most to me more than anything else is uh, how do we um, be in good relations with Indigenous peoples, with ourselves, with each other, with Indigenous peoples, with all peoples, and with the land. Those are the things we need to stand fiercely with deep love for. And to add to that, it sounds easier than it is. To be in true connection with each other means yep. that you're understanding who you are, what you represent, and how you meet the person that you meet. And if you're not willing to understand or able to represent and to, to, to understand what you represent and how that might affect the one that you're meeting, you cannot be in connection. So it sounds easier, but it's really deep work. It's hard work being in connection, truly. So one of the, um, the capacities that we talk about when we're thinking about systems change or systems leadership is locating ourselves in the system, knowing and reflecting on who we are in the systems because we are subjective in this work. We are not objective. And so we're kind of shifting from ways of being that are very rational and objective into more of a subjectivity. And that requires a willingness for like reflection and learning and interrogating deeply within ourselves, which is what I'm hearing you speak about. And you were also speaking about um, 
how systems are traumatizing. Um, and so part of systems work is actually healing and healing within ourselves and healing with the system. And so maybe can we just go a little bit deeper and can you maybe talk a little bit about like what do you draw on for your own healing in, in, in your journey, um, in, the, in your journey in the world and in the work that you're doing? So B and I have had days together to, I don't like that word, I don't know about that word, what do you think about this word? Um, and I'll share a couple of pieces around healing. Or a beautiful teacher has taught me actually that we need to think about it as collective restoration. Collective restoration is, so for me knowing that um, we have the ability to um, draw on the strength and the resilience and the wisdom. Um, and of the seven generations that come before us, the seven generations that come after us, we are interconnected across generations. And when we <clears throat> restore or heal ourselves, it, we're not just doing that for us. We're doing it for over the generate for our future children, for our future generations. And that's why it matters so much. It's so important. And so drawing on um, ancestral wisdom, resilience, and knowing that we, we must make the changes we talk about in service of those future generations. We have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to restore. I'm gonna cry. So I'm just thinking about the story of this last year, as I said, has been really hard. And when we're working with people um, that are in trauma and hearing their stories, what has happened is triggered our own trauma, both my um, part, my co-founder and I started to realize that we, our mental health and everything else was going right downhill. And it was a moment of saying, how can we lead this business and be here for our people if we have not looked at our own stuff yet? And so all of my stuff came up and thank God that it came up the year that I got selected for CEO because <laughs> I, I seriously don't think that my business would be here today, like flat out would not be here today. And so we've had a lot of those pieces of when I have my employee in front of me and telling me for the very first time in 40 years that she was repeatedly raped and had never told anyone. And because we are able to create the safety and security in a job, that that comes out six, nine months later. And those are actually the real issues that we have to address. And because it's generational trauma and being raised in poverty and having parents that were alcoholics, like it just keeps on going. But we really had to start looking at ourselves and getting all the support around us to start to address our own pieces so that other people could see that we're walking through that. And so I've probably, you know, I think I had about at least three business coaches this year, all at the same time, and, and just diving deep into that. And so in the end, um, my grandmother, amazing, she's like here today, I guess, and in spirit, said to me that, you know, people don't change 
when they feel attacked and when they feel judged. If you tell me all the things that I've done wrong, I, I get my back up and I'm going to go into protection mode. But when we feel safe and we feel loved and we feel accepted, we have room to explore who we are and what that is. And so that's what we realized that we really needed to create in our culture of our business. Yeah, it's the same. It's, 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 it's being in connection and learning about yourself and not just the cool things. Um, also, the things that are really uncomfortable, things like, wow, I thought maybe not so, but I'm willing to learn. And I'm, by being in connection, you can deeply learn about yourself, and that is healing. Uh, it's, it's not, you know, all outside things. It's the same as it's the systems change. Um, it's not an external thing. Systems change by us showing up in truth with ourselves in connection with others and then automatically systems will just lose control because if you're not a puppet of the system, um, the system has no hold of you. So the, the, the healing is in the connection and learning more deeper about yourself and love is quite important. Because then you just no longer put up with it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it, it doesn't... It doesn't have a hold of you. Yeah, it doesn't have like, a hold. Like, 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 if you live in your truth, and, and not that you're perfect, but just that you, you're willing to look at all the things that are underneath, anything that wants to manipulate, manipulate you is like, what? <laughs> and it, really, you're not part of it anymore. And then the more people that are saying, I'm going to take a pass on that, Thank then you. the system, again, like you say, the system loses its power. So just like... Vicky says, let's just go over here and make a new system. Let's co-create something different, something new, or maybe something really old. Maybe, mm, there's this idea of remembering, right? Like we all come from a place where we are connected to the land, where we're connected to each other. And I, I think sometimes it's not even about, uh, it's not a new thing. We actually just need to remember mainstream has forgotten them. Mm -hmm. They've always been there. Right? Of course. Great. Thank you. I think it's also important to remember that there are many ways to come into, to come to a healing path or to a spiritual path um, and that our individual is connected to the collective, mm -hmm. as you've all said. So just last questions and brief to, um, because we're going to move on to uh, taking some questions, but often when we're working to shift systems, we are working at a cultural level, a values and belief system. We're trying to influence others' mindsets. We're playing in culture, um, and we need to shift people's mindsets to bring them along with us. And this is murky territory, and it's not easy. Um, can you each just share a nugget of some insight or key learning about how you have worked to bring people along with you? And we'll do brief one, one two, three. Thanks. I think the essence for me is that um, we are people that need love, want to be seen, want to connect, and we have culture, religion, whatever we've been taught. We have a physical body that looks a certain way. And as long as we judge each other based on how we look, we cannot connect in who we are. But we're not that different, really. So for me, systems change is really making the difference between who are we, how do I show up, and what do we have? Because we can't get rid of that or change it or laugh about it, because really, some cultural things are really funny um, if you share them in, in friendship. 
Um, so yeah. The advice that was given to me by another entrepreneur in the last few months where we were looking at changing, not changing the model, but looking at how to make it more effective and so on, and we really felt like there was just, like, do we even do this anymore? And uh, another entrepreneur said, listen, I know that when you feel like your pants are on fire and everything is going wrong and everyone close to you knows that like stuff is not right in your business, that is actually, you want to like go in and isolate yourself and, and not. And she's like, that's when you double down and you start talking to everyone and anything and telling the story of what you're doing and you keep talking to more people and outside of your circles. And you know what? When that happened, oh my gosh. And I was like, no, but I don't. You know, I was in the worst time of my business and I was asked to speak at more events than I've ever been asked to speak at. And, and so I just, I kept on talking. And now we sit in a place where we have our charity partner redefined who's in the room with us and that we're going to make a world-class model that has been successful for 41 years in Italy, yet no one's replicating it. Go figure. And, you know, and there's people that are, but in different pieces. And so you just have to talk more and share the story and also listen to other people's stories. My answer is a little bit the same. Um, ecological, social um, justice, systems change is just love. It's just love. And so people have a fundamental um, longing to just simply be seen and to be heard and to be loved. And so if I just show up um, really listening, really seeing, really witnessing, and just bring in all the love that I can, things move. And then you know what even happens sometimes? Is, is they see you back and they hear you and they love you. And then that's where everything, everything, changes. Lovely. Thank you for your reflections and your insights and your thoughtful sharing. Um, let's move now to the audience. Questions, question and answer. So we have someone with a mic. Just raise your hand if you have questions. Um, well, thank you for sharing such personal experiences, and I have only one question here. Um, I hear the theme of being you, being connected to who you are, who you truly are, and I'd like to hear from you, how do you connect to your true self? What are your places and ways of doing it? Um, for me, that was a little bit simple. <laughs> not really simple, but you know, I don't fit. I'm not your typical boy, I'm not your typical girl. So all the conditioning that was out there for a very binary Western society didn't apply to me. So I was like, why would I take that if it's not meant for me? So I've always been different and I had to reinvent myself. And I think that, um, and it's an ongoing process because I am conditioned, like everybody in a system is, um, that you're unpacking what is conditioning and who you really are. Mm. And if you connect to who you really are, you know exactly who you are. Mm -hmm. You know exactly who you are. Mm -hmm. We've been trained to not listen to that, yep. yeah. but you know exactly yeah. who you are. Yep. And then do the work of undoing the conditioning and showing up with who you are and building that relentlessly. 
in love. Mm-hmm. And I'll just add to that, uh, like, you do know who you are. And just love that. Like, we're also taught not to love ourselves. But that's all the conditioning, right? That, all, all the conditioning all is like, you're not worthy, mm-hmm. um, you're too big or too small, you're too, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. All that stuff that women, women get But all that shit down that's not working. Repulsive. That's what we have, and that's not who we are. You yeah. know exactly who we are, yeah. who you are. You know what you, who you are, what you love, what you want to do. Like, when I'm in hell, it's like, what are the things? It's on my wall. I love to go kayaking. I love to write. I, you know, I love to, you know, be on podcasts. Like, get back into what you love, and then it comes out. Just stay really connected with that. Yeah. Thanks. Any other questions? Okay, there's one, one here, and here. Thanks. Are we still having fun? Okay, good. Just checking. Hi, my name is Trina. Thank you so much for being here today and sharing. I need to speak louder. I was just very curious to know how you bring these practices into how you run your business and how you hold your people that work with you and for you. Yeah, for us, I mean, we have the weekly coffees with each employee and we talk about our own personal development of how we write out every morning five things deeply of what you're grateful for, but actually what we've added to that is what are the five things you can control today? Because when your life feels out of control... What are the five things that you can do? Even for them, if, if it's like, you know, something's happened around uh, their family, like what are some things that you can do to do this? And so a lot of this is around mindset, but it has to be built into the core, right? Like it literally is a cultural piece at common good. And so those, anything, listen, culture is either unconsciously or consciously created by the founders of the company. And most of us, and us included, we thought the story was enough. And then this last year, we got hit up in the face and was like, no, we've unconsciously created some pieces that we have to dig deeper. And then it is about the example. If I'm not doing the work, neither are my employees. So I just have to literally concentrate on myself and do that work and then implement that into everything that we do, from the newsletters to how we talk about it. So I'd say uh, pay attention, pay attention to everything, and uh, I'll share, and I promise it's short, um, a really short story about how at the launch of my airline, because I wear my love button everywhere, and there's a whole story we don't have time for around that, but I've come to love myself and know that that is actually part of the gift that I bring. And so I had a PR firm helping me with the launch, and I had big love balls and a big um, bowl full of love buttons, and she's like, And I love her. It was good advice. She's just like, we need for you to be seen as a strong, competent, professional woman, right? And this was good advice. I love her. We need that. You're a woman trying to start an airline called Woman Air. Like, um, and it was one of those moments where I had to say, am I going to live what I believe and just live it every day? And so, yes, in the media pictures, there's great big love balls, and everyone's wearing a love button, and, uh, and it, so you just live it, and you notice, and you notice, and you notice, and you live it, and you live it, and when you screw it up, you, you sort it out differently for next time. Um, to, yeah, to, to live it with your people. People think uh, a CEO, um, desk, uh, whatever, like, um, 95% of my time, I engage with my users. And they call me, I 
pick up the phone and they say, oh, I can't believe I talked to you. And it's like, well, that's my work. I need to be in connection with you. I need to understand you. I need to know who you are. And I want you to know who I am and the values that we have. We pay living wage to all of us. And we employ Alinker users, all of us. Watania well, is on the waiting list for the small one, but that's... <laughs> <laughs> we employ Alinker users. We're all, um, we have all the same, um, uh, uh, how do you say that, um, uh, wages and, uh, and, and rules apply to us similarly. Maybe I'll just add that there's some really interesting work that's been done around the idea of collective care organizationally and practices that you can implement to, um, and policies around care in an organization you can refer to. Um, maybe one last question. I saw a hand over here earlier, and then I think we're going to have to wrap. Uh, thank you guys so much. Uh, my question is around um, basically what you guys are talking about in terms of paying attention and being present. Um, how is that, or how do you see that being sustainable when you do scale up to larger organizations, larger partners, working with multiple customers. For yourself, uh, talking about being on the phone with each and every single person, how, how is that sustainable? By taking time and really building relationships. I have my distributors um, in various countries. I take a lot of time with them to build the relationship before their distributor. And so then they can become an offset of us and, and do the same work in the same um, uh, value system as that we work. Um, so it's really taking time and relationship building doesn't come over time. I mean, that doesn't come in, uh, uh, in, in, in short time. You need to take time. Thank you. We're at time now, so I'm sorry to have to cut this short. Um, thank you to our speakers for sharing with us here in the wisdom room. This has been getting at the root causes, using business to transform systems, and this is part of the systems.worldtrack. My name is Tatiana Fraser, and thank you all for joining us today. This has been a special episode of SheEO.World, a podcast about redesigning the world, a SheEO Global Summit edition.